Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace. And before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Streetside Brewery. Look, they are located in Columbia, Tusculum, an awesome little neighborhood on the east side of Cincinnati. And Streetside Brewery is just the perfect mixture of local watering hole and modern craft beer brewery. They have 24 beers on tap, and I am very happy to tell you that I have yet to have a bad one yet from these guys. Check them out on Tuesday nights in particular. They do a pint night with limited edition glassware. That gets you a buck off your refills all night on pint nights. They also have a ton of different events. Go check them out on their calendar. There's one on February 22nd in particular you should check out. So check out their calendar on their social media platforms, on their website, tons and tons of really, really cool stuff there. But as a special note to Postcast listeners, if you mention the Cincy Postcast at the bar, they're going to take a buck off of your beer. It lets you know that we sent you their way and lets them know that it was maybe worthwhile throwing us a couple of bucks to sponsor this podcast. Hey, uh, you can find them at 4003 Eastern Avenue or in the fridge of wherever you are picking up your next beer. Again, a huge thank you to Streetside Brewery for sponsoring the postcast. And on today's episode, we have a very, very full show for you. In part one, a bit of a news roundup. There is a kit launch that happened for FC Cincinnati. Where does it rank among the other kits released in MLS? We also talked the live show coming up on Thursday. There is Ray Gaddis news, referee news, and U.S. Open Cup news. A whole bunch of stuff going on. Then in part two, we are joined by a very special guest, Omar Cummings, former FC Cincinnati player, current FC Cincinnati employee, talking about his playing time, his playing career, FC Cincinnati and their upcoming match against Jamaican side Cavalier FC on Thursday. Then in part three, we predict. We offer up our predictions. Yes, it is that time of year. We offer up predictions for that Champions League match on Thursday and answer a couple of patrons' questions. Put it all together and that's going to be your postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, I'm joined by, oh, somebody not on a skiing adventure around the world. The Chief is here. Chief, how are you doing today? I mean, have you seen me? You've met me. <laughs> Skis would be a terrible idea. My center of gravity is all messed up. This is not, I choose life. I choose working limbs. So no, I'm not on a ski resort. I'm here with you. It's a glorious, <laughs> you know what? I'm here because as we sit here, as we record this, we are under one week to the start of the MLS season. We are less than a week to FC Cincinnati coming back. Kevin, I ask you, wow, doesn't it feel like they only just exited our lives yesterday? Yeah, I am still not over the last no. game that we got to watch. So, <laughs> I mean, like, so when we we made the call last year, and when I say last year, last year that. Mm -hmm we were going to play through the off season yep. and last year it was a lengthy off season. Yep. We had the world cup in there. People forget the world cup was in the winter last go around. I don't feel like we had an off season. No. I mean, 
we had like content sketched out that we were thinking about doing for the off season, but it felt like every time we recorded an episode, there was FC news to talk about. Yeah, uh, it will show up eventually, but folks, we had D&D episodes lined up. We had all sorts of like funny, weird guests and ideas. And uh, yeah, like first and foremost, I, I hate to admit this and please, you know, unsubscribe if this offends you. Uh, but this is an FC Cincinnati podcast. And Allegedly. we've just had Allegedly. news to talk about this whole time. It's been so frustrating. I know. What are we doing? We're supposed to be screwing around. The off season should be our break. Right. Yeah. We we dialed it back to to one episode a week through the off season. Chief, it just it just hit me this weekend. We're back to two a weeks. <laughs> we got sponsors to keep happy. We got to keep our sponsors happy. We you know what was really the sicko mode hit the Discord when they asked, so are we get a second episode this week. It's like, come on, folks. <laughs> This this is my free time you were just toying with. (laughs) This is our vacation. This is vacation. The season hasn't started yet. Oh, no. But uh, on on that point, uh, we are we are going to go back to two episodes a week. Uh, So there will be. Can I make a confession? Please. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be fun. (laughs) The old Wednesday night recording sesh is always a good one. Yeah. Telling people like, yeah, I'll meet you out for drinks after we record the pod. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Uh, so yeah, actually, uh, it's a big week for us uh, here at the Post. Uh, we've got a couple of things for you here. Uh, one, um, as we just said, we're back to, to two episodes a week on Thursday. Uh, we are going to be releasing a preview episode for the season. However, this is our goal here. This is our plan. This is the master plan. We're going to do a newbie-friendly preview. So we will explain things that if you've been a hardcore sicko this whole offseason, you, you should be up to speed on this. But we want to get the casual fans in your life up to speed, something that you can send to them. Hey, here, listen to this, catch up. You'll be right up to speed with where this team is. So look for that on Thursday. Chief, if, is it if possible? You are, if yeah. you are the FC guy yes. at your office, yes. and I say this as the FC guy, at my office where people Same. stop by and they want to know how the FC is doing. What's the FC up to? And you just don't want to have that conversation. This is an episode we're releasing Thursday where you can get on your phone. You can send them a link here. This will tell you everything you need to know to get ready for the FC season coming up for the 2024 FC Cincinnati campaign. So yeah, that's the yeah. goal. Why, why did they sell Vasquez? Who's on the team? Who's not on the team? All that good stuff expectations predictions you know we'll we'll get you get you all that good stuff on that one um but two also on thursday chief we've we've got a live show and fcc watch party to attend i are we ready for this no no not, not at all, all. <laughs> our last live show went so swimmingly i don't know that i don't know that anyone was clamoring for a round two but um it's gonna happen seven o'clock yeah. at Streetside Brewing. FC plays at nine o'clock. So arrive at seven. Probably the festivities will start around 730. There'll be a live Q&A. We've got a couple of special guests lined up. Um, I think we can announce it now. Probably. Please. Pat Pat Brennan from the Cincinnati Inquirer will be joining for the live Q&A. We are promised that a certain sad mascot you may know as Opie will be present (laughs) as well. And we also yes, (laughs) we can also confirm that at some point. Someone will be bringing the supporter shield by 
for you to take your photographs with. So a dollar off your beer. You don't even need to mention the postcast that night. They're just going to assume, I think, that you're there with the postcast. Now, it wouldn't hurt. (laughs) It wouldn't hurt if you mentioned the postcast and said, yes, that's what I'm here for. But um, I am looking forward to this a lot. Streetside is, in addition to being our sponsor, delicious beer. Yes. It's a great little place to uh, to watch a game. They've got TVs. They will have the match on. Uh, we'll be having our live Q&A. We're going to try and find some way to stream that or at the very least record that to release in some format. But there is no promise that we get this figured out. So if you want to be part of the live Q&A or hear the live Q&A, it's maybe your only chance to do it if you show up live. Yeah, I would say don't bank on a recording showing up. But, you know, come you know, strange, hang out. Stranger things have happened. Uh, I know, especially if you're a, a cord cutter, like I know many of many of you are. Um, I'm sure at least eight of the 12 have cut the cord in some way, shape or form. Fox Sports 2. It's a tricky one to come across. So, yeah, come on out to Streetside if you don't care, carry that channel. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a good time watching FCC take on Cavalier. Uh, we'll get into some, some goofy questions. Uh, somebody asked me about this, and I can say I have it right here. I will bring it. The book of questions will be there as well. So if you can't think of a question to ask in the Q&A, worry not. I've got it. At least 200 you can ask. I don't know whether that's a that's an inducement to attend or that's a reason not to attend, but here we find ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if at birth you could select the profession your child would eventually pursue, would you do it? It's a good question. A good question. <laughs> Does it have to be a real profession? Ooh. So is your prediction then necessarily makes that thing happen? Yes. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. You've already because taken of, this a fun direction. Right, because if you don't do that, then you do run the risk of saying, you know, I want my kid to own the biggest buggy whip company ever. Right. Like the day before Henry Ford rolls the first Model T off the assembly line. Right. I want my, my kid to be the space bus driver taking us to and from Mars. Right. It's like, cool. The now em- we've just guaranteed Mars yeah, travel. The emperor of the Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> We got a lot of work to do if that's yeah, the no, case. We get on that. <laughs> Somebody find Zeph from Cochran quick. See, folks, this is why you got to come out to the live Q&A. Where else are you getting this content? Come on now. <laughs> right. Also, we have made a pledge for the Thursday episode that's newbie friendly. We will lead the episode off directly talking about FC Cincinnati so that you don't get your confused coworkers saying, I thought this was an FC Cincinnati podcast you sent us to. Why are they spending 30 minutes debating about superheroes or (laughs) science fiction or bad movies or politics? Like, no, it's just going to be straight FC content. So, yeah, please. We'll we'll keep it. We'll keep it uh, relatively on topic for For that one. For the normies. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look, look forward to that one. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, pass it around if you feel so inclined. That would be nice. Uh, But otherwise, I mean, chief. Weirdly, I went into recording tonight thinking we don't have a lot to talk about. There's a handful of things here to talk about, especially yeah. some late breaking news. So I, I leave it to you. Where would you like to go first here? That's a tough question. Do we want to start with player news? Do we want to start with team news? I think where we start out with is the biggest story of the week for me. Please, please. And that is the whelming release of the new <laughs> FC Cincinnati kit. Yeah, let's, the, let's the, start and there. And the kerfuffle around that. I guess we'll, we'll start with this, that 
for those of you that don't know, the way things work in MLS is that you get a new kit basically every other year. And so if you got a new home kit last year, you're going to get a new away kit this year and vice versa. So mm-hmm. on the sort of TikTok schedule right here, it was talking time for FC Cincinnati and we got a replacement for what I would consider to be for my money, the best kit FC Cincinnati has ever worn. The mm-hmm. orange away kit with the city of Cincinnati flag sort of subtly included onto the patterning of the jersey. Yep. This had been rumored for many weeks ever since there was a little image in the uh, schedule release video that had 216 as the date for the new kit release. Kevin, you did a video about how stupid it is that it takes this long to release the kits. Go visit yes. that on the post YouTube <laughs> channel. Subscribe, smash that like and subscribe button on the post YouTube <laughs> channel. And so it all built up to this, a release at approximately 640 p.m. on a Friday news dump, complete with a uh, accompanying video that announced the release of the blank canvas kit, which is just a fancy way to say it's a white shirt. Sure. It's a, uh, it's a cream. Cream. Sorry. Come on now. Right. (laughs) I mean, they could have just as easily gone with blank page kit since book pages often are that off white color. Oh, write your like, own story. Wow, that's next year. So we've yeah, already worked ahead or, of the curve. No, no, we're we're turning the page from our supporters shield campaign. Wow. It's a new chapter for FC Cincinnati. Wow. Man, they don't just you hand can, out these ideas. And the the trimming could be the bookmarks. Everybody gets a yeah. unique bookmark on the authentics. Come on now. All right. That'd be so, easy. Am I wrong? This jersey kind of sucks. It's mm. not I, I don't I don't hate it. I'm not a jersey guy. I'm not a kit guy. Like yeah. I'll buy a kit to support the lads. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose my mind because the the kit doesn't look great. I think the river kit's kind of mid too. It just looks like it looks like a stream from a hose. It doesn't look like a river. It just looks like a water stream thing going on there. But this is just it's it's white. It's a white shirt. It's a white shirt with some trim. I would be shocked if this took the guys at Adidas more than 45 minutes to design. <laughs> it feels I, very much yeah. like the homework is due tomorrow and we forgot to do it or the, the yeah. science or project. We've had a month and it's we got to we got to knock this out in two hours on the bus over to school. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Like, here's the thing. I'm also not a kit guy. I think the. A hubbubaloo around all of this is stupid. And I, I saw people you know, making fun of FCC for doing all of this promo and stuff for what was ultimately a plain white T-shirt. I think it's kind of dumb even when it is a, a cool shirt. <laughs> like, it's it's like, it's fine. I am... I mean, soccer kits are, are something of a, a fashion statement, right? And people want to be able to wear them out in public or whatever. Um which again, like, I don't really get, that's not me, but so be it. If that's your thing, that's your thing. And then this kit will probably look really nice walking around. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll look good. I just like, I, I don't know. Like if you ask me like, all right, Kevin, if you don't like it, then design a good one or at least come up with an idea. I don't have one. So I maybe I'm not a good critic here. No, it's just something better. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need to come up with a better idea. It's just more than a white shirt. Do anything. I can't build a car. Yeah. Take some kind of a chance with it. Do something interesting. I can't build a car, but like, 
if you go car shopping at some point in your life, you will start making decisions on, I like this one, I don't like this one. You know, it's not, you're not critiquing the people who made it or saying that they, you know, are undeserving of, you know, whatever job they have. It's just, ah, that that one's not for me. Um, I just wish the teams, all teams, uh, had an identity and then played within the identity. Like, LA Galaxy, as far as I can tell, is the only team in Major League Soccer that is allowed to have an identity of some kind, and that is a white and blue sash kit. They did a clever thing where they did like the sash this year is in like the negative space of other stripes. That's kind of neat. They've done other versions, other takes on the stripe, but you know in general, Galaxy like to play in white with a blue sash. It's kind of cool. I wish diamonds could be our thing. Everybody wants the old USL diamonds kit, do Bavarian diamonds, but then do them in different ways. Do very large diamonds, very small diamonds, different colored diamonds, all white and silver diamonds for the white kit one year. Like you can play around with an identity. I know like Chicago fans really like having the standard Chicago kit that they've had. Uh, Dallas, at one point, the team's nickname was the Hoops uh, because they played with hoop-like kits like they do at uh, Celtic. They haven't had hoop kits in like 10 years. Like, yeah. I don't know why these teams aren't allowed to uh, establish an identity. Yeah, Atlanta are the five stripes, right. but like, I don't think there are five stripes on their kits anymore. <laughs> they did. It was so funny. They were organically nicknamed the Five Stripes, I think partially because of the logo, uh, but also the shirt had five stripes at the time. They immediately went away from it for like two, three years until they could finally correct course and put five stripes back on. It's like, come on. Just like, I I understand, like, let the third kit be the weird one, right? Like, that's the one where you can do like the all pink FCC shirt and we call it the Porkopolis kit and that's kind of fun or whatever. Right. Uh, they do that in Europe. That's fine. But like, Everton wears blue. Liverpool wears red. Rangers are in blue and white. Like, come on. We don't need to keep doing this, folks. I don't know. I, I do take issue with the criticism of the marketing department for FC Cincinnati saying, mm. you know, this is, I think that one guy that's the tampa bay mutiny fan down in the one of the usl guys yeah whenever you're listening to a guy named fat deuce online for twitter <laughs> you just need to log off like if that mm -hmm. guy is like who you're listening to but there was some repeat of what he was saying that this is a lot of effort to go through for what is essentially a white shirt and i take issue with that because anyone can hype something that's cool like i just am picturing this right. um this marketing meeting kind of like that scene from Apollo 13 where they've got the round peg in the square hole yes. and they're like they dump all the stuff that's in the spaceship on the table and say this is what you've got to work with you've got to make this peg fit into this hole instead and instead they just dump the white t-shirt on the table and there's a team full of marketing people around you got to sell this you've got to make people want to spend 160 clams for this white t-shirt yeah. go and that is really where you separate the men from the boys or the women from the girls or what have you in terms of who is earning their money with their marketing degree, who is earning their stripes with their creative background is, can you make me want to shell out $160 for what is objectively a very, very boring and very, very bland FCC apparel item? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, again, I think I think all of the the hoopla is stupid. Don't get me wrong, but there 
like the marketing of the thing can provide the value and the story to make it make sense. Like the classic from back in the day was the pet rock. Like that was like the funniest gag gift in the world is that you would give people uh, a gift of a pet rock. And it was literally just a rock in a, in a box with like a <laughs> fake nest. And there were like instructions on how to teach your pet rock uh, different tricks and things like Sit, that. It's like, stay. <laughs> Yeah, like you, you've successfully bought and sold millions of literal rocks sitting in a cardboard box. It's the marketing and the goofiness around it that makes it funny, makes it fun. So yeah, I, I will agree that like there is a degree of like, there is probably a version of the marketing. I don't know if we got it, but some alternate universe has it where the marketing around the plain white shirt is so good that it then makes the product itself so much better than it would have otherwise been. Maybe this but, is one of those really meta, awful interview things you read about on LinkedIn where you go into the <laughs> recruiter and the recruiter looks at you and says, all right, sell me this big pen. Like, make right. me want to buy this. So instead, it's they sell me this plain white T-shirt. Guys, <laughs> guys, let me tell you something about this. It's a blank canvas for all your dreams. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what this was. So, yeah, I don't know if you're willing to to splurge on the authentic. Apparently, the uh, the little side panels or whatever, not even the panels, just the strip of fabric on the side uh, is unique per kit. So that's that seems that's kind of fun. That seems impossible. My guess is it's all the bold kits that they couldn't sell before. <laughs> I just cut them up. I just <laughs> cut them all up. <laughs> Somewhere is a massive, you know, football field length of just a whole bunch of random old FCC kits that they couldn't sell, all stitched together, and they're just cutting off little strips of it at a time. So maybe that's the play. Maybe the reason to buy this kit is so that when you buy it, Whenever you meet somebody else that has it, you compare sleeves. And if you ever find a perfect match to you, you both get to sue for false advertising that my kid is not unique like I was promised. That's a great call. That's that's a fun that's a fun pregame activity now at games, just running up to people comparing, right. you know, lifting your armpits at each other on a on a match well, day. That's always fun. Yeah, it's, that's maybe before <laughs> the game, not after. It's a pregame, not a postgame activity. Um so yeah, I don't know. Like it's fine. A cream and orange thing, that's fine. It's it's a bummer that it is replacing the kit that it is replacing. It's, you know, we're we're the orange and blue and we've had an orange kit one time for 2 years right. and now not anymore. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a kit person. I don't at the end of the day, I really I don't for, for as much time as we've dedicated to this topic <laughs> on the podcast. Yes, yes. I have to keep reiterating, I don't care. Right. H- having said that, it sucks. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry if one of the 12 is the person who designed this, but it's, it's just if that's you, I want you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, was this your best effort? And if you, gen- if you believe this was your best effort, you can shoot me a DM and tell me I'm full of shit. Yeah. But I don't ex- I don't think I'm going to get a DM here. Does this best represent you as a designer? Is this is this what you want leading the resume? Is this as good yeah. as it gets for when, you? When you went to design school, if you could go back in time and show that to you as you're starting out design school, do you think you'd be proud of where you ended up? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, looking around the league, though, Chief, did you were there any that caught your eye, either good or bad? This was, I will say, probably the best year for MLS kits. but. I mean, there were some polarized, polarizing choices. Like, apparently, like, I'm of the mindset that I enjoyed the Minnesota United kit 
mm-hmm. with the sublimated starry night or night sky or northern mm-hmm. lights pattern on it. I thought that was solid. I, I yeah. really think that's cool. That's different. They already have one of the best badges in pro sports. So that's I think that's true. a cool that's, that's a cool jersey. I uh, I like the the throwback Orlando yeah kit just because I like what they did to update that old USL logo which was funny because I saw that and I thought to myself as I saw the new jersey or the new kit it's like oh man that old logo looks a lot better than I remember that's a really cool logo like I always remember thinking it was kind of trash and then somebody in the pride discord I think it was Chris posted yeah because they updated it this is what it used to look like and I was like <laughs> oh yeah the original one did kind of suck a lot. They did a really good job blowing it up, though. I mean, hell. How about you, Kev? What'd you like from the, uh, the I, kits? I agree. The uh, the USL throwback kit was great for Orlando. The San Jose uh, NASL throwback was fine. I like that they did it. I like that they acknowledged that history. Uh, my favorite, though, was Vancouver's. Uh, Vancouver's kit is not particularly interesting. I think it's just solid uh dark blue i i don't have it in front of me it's something along those lines but they have their original throwback uh you know crest sorry wow that word would not come to me their original crest on that one which is awesome and i think vancouver should adopt that immediately keep the white caps name uh but it is a soccer ball with the canadian maple leaf in the design of the soccer ball it looks really slick i if i were them i would do that it it looks timeless as opposed to the uh the white caps current you know mountain right. diamond thing it doesn't it'll age pretty quickly there so this this does bring an interesting question to mind. I had always thought this was never a possibility ever. Yeah. Will we see in either 2025 or 2026, will we see the return of what I'm going to call the FC crest with the soccer ball negative space from the USL era? Because I, I had thought that, you know, bringing back USL or previous iterations of your your logo was kind of verboten in mm-hmm. mls especially for the new recent uh converts to the league you know mm-hmm. portland and seattle they trace their roots back to the old nasl so and the rapids and a lot of those teams that have that old branding but orlando getting to bring back the usl orlando this sort of this sort of raises some possibilities for me i i suspect when we do that, I'm going to go ahead and say when it will happen. And like you said, 10 year anniversary makes a lot of sense. Maybe we do the 10 year anniversary of the supporter shield team, right? At some point we're, we're, we'll honor some past. Well, I guess you can't do that. It's got to be honoring the USL. We'll honor the USL championship team or the open cup team, something along those lines. So they'll come up with an excuse. Uh, but my guess is we only get the knifey lion from that crest. I doubt we get the full sort of like, soccer ball in the negative space giant fc on top i think we'll just get the little block gary uh at that point but Man, that'll that'll trigger pablo mar a ton because it's the <laughs> it's the the evangelical lion of saint mark clip art right i think didn't somebody find that they just photoshopped out a bible from his hands <laughs> and added a soccer ball instead or something like that. That's more or less what happened there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, what's funny about that though, 
and maybe this existed on the website at some point. I don't remember seeing it. I think the only mention of St. Mark, the evangelical symbol, came from the coffee table book from about the first year. I think that's the only mention of that ever. I remember, like, this might be a, um, what do they call it? The, uh, the Berenstein Bears thing, Mandela effect. I yeah. definitely remember at some point there being a, it's the line of St. Mark the evangelist because we want our supporters to evangelize for the game of soccer in our community. I remember that yes. really clearly. Yeah. I, man. At least we didn't end up with the Charlie Brown kits like our friends up north. Yeah. I, apparently the official explanation there is that it is supposed to be lower.com fields profile, but upside down what? for some reason. No. <laughs> That's what somebody said online. It doesn't look that way. I'm, I'm holding my phone upside down. I don't, what? You're not buying it? <laughs> no. It's Charlie Brown. It couldn't be more obvious. It It is Charlie Brown. Do Does Columbus do a Charlie Brown TFO, or do we do a Charlie Brown TFO? You know my thoughts on this rivalry, so I'm I'm team no tifo. That no we gotta, I'm team no tifo till we win a few games here. What about the uh, the plastic tifo versus Louisville the sarcastic tifo? I'd be okay with that. That would actually be very funny. That was, that was just a good hoisting moment. like rehoist another old one and just claim it's new. <laughs> I still think we should do a goosebumps cover. Because they only do Goosebumps covers. I think that would be a really funny twist. It's just, it's, it's, I, you, I'm not going to be convinced that we do anything until we win a few. So, well, now when San Diego comes to town, it's, it's on site. It's both barrels. They're, they're getting <laughs> yeah, our best shot. It's, it's all or nothing on that one. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it could, it could be a lot worse. The kid is is whelming. It's not great. It kind of sucks, but it's not actively bad. The Columbus is actively bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not offensive. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, if somebody's feeling bold, I feel like you could put, like, some paint drizzles on it and things like that. You could you could make it your own, but are you spending $200 on that? <laughs> and also, like, how do you paint a jersey? Like, how do you do that? Like, what kind of paint actually stays on versus just being that crusty? Is there is there fabric paint I'm not aware of? There definitely is. But I would really, really love it if somebody used the old uh, puffy paint that you'd use in like elementary school oh, to, to oh, design. Like the, where you would sort of like just push the uh, like the lines over. And yes. Draw, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that would be great spend two hundred dollars and then you know do it up with uh glittery puffy paint hell <laughs> yeah <it> on there. <laughs> or or you take the white space and you iron on one of the old things that you could print and then you'd have the iron on transfers yes <laughs> this is my blank canvas right <laughs> oh man they are so expensive it's so hard to justify uh well in Somehow much sadder news than the kit. Uh, we we got this. Ray Gaddis leaves FC Cincinnati in a farewell post where, yes, we checked. He thanked the fans. Uh, looks like he's off to go coach a, uh, a youth academy team in his native Indianapolis. Uh, so we say goodbye to Friar Tuck. Chief, sad day for the FC. Interestingly sad. I don't know. I didn't like, were you surprised by this? I didn't think he was coming back. I thought that we would have heard by now that he's, but the season starts on 
on Thursday. I think we would have heard if he was coming back by now. <laughs> I mean, I think he was under contract. I I don't know. This is where we miss Grayson. He's got all this. No, stuff he definitely memorized. was. He, he was one of the. I think he was one of the crew where they were. He is. At, he had his option declined, but they are still talking to. Is uh, I think what he was. Okay. Remember, okay. Memory serves. Well, if that's the case, then yeah, this is not a surprise because no. his name should have come up at some point in the preseason yeah. matches. So, like, I, I had thought there might be a chance he comes back just if some other signing doesn't work out, or mm-hmm. you know, somebody went down hurt. Maybe that was the maybe that's what was going on was they were waiting to see if anybody got hurt in preseason and they assign Ray to a, you know, do they do temporary contracts in MLS like a ten day or something like that? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. I, don't think I think so he would, maybe he could be signed to FCC two, and then be loaned up for short term loans right. and or then whatever. Just, yeah. kinda, just like let him go when he was done. Uh, yeah, no, he. I liked Ray. I liked what Ray brought. I think that there will forever be an underrated aspect by the fans for Ray Gaddis in terms of they kind of needed an adult in the room. Yes, a little bit. Yes, and it's one of those things too where when Noonan and Albright got to Cincinnati, it's there was almost a stink of losing in the locker mm-hmm. room. And that's re- that kind of culture, that acceptance of just being shitty is really, really hard to change if you can't make wholesale roster changes. And they were locked yeah. in with a lot of players that had just become accustomed to losing. And so <clears throat> you had to bring in a few guys. And I think Ray Gaddis was probably number one where it's that's not how we do things. And the sense that you got was he was a dude that would tell people, we do things a little more professionally, we behave a little more professionally, we expect to win, we practice like we want to win. And honestly, I don't know that the turnaround for this team happens quite as effectively without a player like Ray Gaddis on the roster. For nothing he contributed on the field, beyond what he contributed onto the field. Yeah. No, it's I I completely agree. It was one of those MLS glue guys that they needed to bring in to elevate the standard of play within the team. You know, this is how we train. This is how we approach uh, match days, things like that, that, yeah, it's just absent in a broken team, which is ultimately what Albright inherited from Yapstam and uh, Jared Nightcamp. Like this was this team was in a bad spot and they needed guys to come in and do that. And that's similar, uh, although they they contribute a, a little bit more on the field, but that's what Don Baji played a role in. That's what um that's what Junior Moreno played a role in. These were guys that were, you know, professionals that were not going to put up with losing, that are used to, you know, fighting and, and scrapping for everything. And yeah, like bring a, a professional approach to this team that was missing, like really bad. And yeah, Ray, I I kind of figured he would end up as a coach with us at some point. And I guess he is going on to coaching. Um but yeah, good good for Ray. We did pull him out of retirement yeah. to come join this team. So this is really more of a resumption of his retirement than uh, than anything new for him. But you know, what I'm really yeah. bummed. I'm really bummed out about. I am bummed out that his they didn't do a retirement video for him for the team, like him walking out on his last day, and then mm. as soon as he like a video of him walking out of the locker room at Mercy Health. He walks through the lobby. Everyone's clapping. Thank you, Ray. And he walks out the front door. And the last thing he does before the video ends is just untucks his kit. 
Oh, so good. <laughs> I mean, that would have been so, so good. I did notice, did notice the, uh, the farewell message he posted on Instagram, his shirt was untucked. Right. You know, it was, I think, I do think that was a little on purpose there yeah. from him. So. The kit is untucked and now his watch has ended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do, does Ray officially bequeath the jersey tuck in to another player that now has Ooh. to keep his jersey tucked in? And if so, who is it? I feel like Hagland would be the most game to carry on the tradition. I, I feel like he's he's one of the guys on the team that wouldn't mind looking a little silly at first. So I, I my vote is Hagland. Hagland or Kubo? Oh, Kubo would be good. Kubo, that you know, he's got a, he has an unearned reputation. You tuck the jersey in, it's all business. Then at that point, Ooh, what about Halsey? So it can live on in the position. Yeah. And let's hope Halsey has a, a very long career in front of him that the tucking could carry on for another 10, 20 years. Can you, you imagine Ray taking Halsey under his wing last day? It's like, son, I'm not going to be here for you anymore. And, you know, I've got one piece of this to put it to put to give you right here. Tuck the kid in. Trust me. People respect the man that tucks the kid in. Man, so good. Uh, also in retirement news, uh, Victor Uoa. Uh, you, yeah, whatever. I've Uoa. probably butchered that. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, he is also retired. Uh, put together, uh, was probably our best player in the 2019 team. I don't know who else from that team really uh, was able to stand out uh, all that much. But no, he uh, he finished up his career in Miami, and yeah, good for him. Thanks, thanks for all your uh, your yeah, hard there were, work. There weren't there. a lot of people from that 2019 that had a se- 2019 team that had a second act anywhere. There were a lot yeah. of guys where you saw where they went after that, and that was too. <laughs> Good for you on drawing a paycheck, but I didn't know they played soccer in some of these places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, good on good on Victor for that one. Um, yeah, and the last topic I have here, Chief, we've got some referee drama to talk about. This oh broke just a couple of hours, maybe an hour, before we, we started recording. Um, folks, you know it's bad when Jonathan uh, Tannenwald from the Philly Inquirer is having to read the post to, to get some tips, <laughs> to get some info, to, to start asking people the right questions. Uh, this was great. The, Grayson sent us this tweet in the uh, in the group chat. I, I really appreciated this. Uh, Jonathan Tannewald tweeted, I owe a hat tip to the post Cincy for leading me to get the numbers on the annual compensation for assistant referees. The post published excerpts of the CBA last June, and I made some more calls today. So look at that. We contributed in some small How about us? but look at us. meaningful way. <laughs> this, there is always sort of this oscillation between is the post news or is the post satire? And for, for one brief shining moment, the post is news. We were news, baby. <laughs> we're news today. We're nonsense tomorrow. We will post mean things about your team yes. if you come if you come into our yeah. into our little domain. Yeah, maybe it's another time for an Anthony Precourt is a hero 
article just to rile people up. Or, <laughs> As everybody goes city screed. <laughs> everybody goes to read the website. Wow, what are these guys? Oh, okay. Oh. This is the Anthony Precourt fan club here. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Your source for Ref CBA and Player Dop Kit Fit uh, articles. <laughs> yes, that's what we live for. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so basically the uh, the the players union the P- or the players union Chisel Pete's the referees union the the PSRA their leadership had worked out a tentative deal with Pro the organization that r- staffs the referees for MLS games. Um, they worked out a tentative deal. They announced this. I think we even mentioned this, mentioned this on the last episode that the work stoppage was likely coming to an end here. Um, they had to get a vote from all of the union members on this tentative deal, and it got voted down by like 96% or something yeah. like that. It was not particularly close. Uh, I, with those numbers, I suspect only leadership voted yes, right. and literally everybody else voted my, no. My, my number one question is, did they use election, buddy? And <laughs> is anyone from the Nordic challenging this election? These are good questions, you know. We Ma- we will many, poke around. Many people are asking. We've already had <laughs> we've already had one attempt at stealing an election in the soccer adjacent <laughs> sphere already. Um, who's running the voting machines? Who's checking the ballots? When did the ballots come in? Ninety five percent. Very suspicious. Um, that's a lot of votes coming down on one end. One has to wonder: Do we have another stolen election on our hands? Hmm. Look, if it was a stolen election. It would look like that, all right? Those numbers yeah. would would be in line. Um, so, yeah, it looks like uh, the league has lined up something like 66 replacement referees waiting in the wings to come in and start refereeing this week. So Games let's, start let's, on Wednesday. Well, well let's, let's talk about this in two parts. We'll talk about Please. the replacement referees in a second here. But on the actual vote, when a union vote or any kind of a vote. So like the way this works, if you're not familiar with collective bargaining, is that unions, and I'm not a, I am not a labor law attorney. I took labor law classes. I chose not to practice in that field. Um, but the way a, a bargaining unit works is that there are members of the bargaining unit. And with PSRA, that would be all of the pro officials working in American soccer, specifically in MLS as well. And then they elect leaders among their bargaining unit to then represent them in negotiations with management. And this is the case in just about any union that you think of, sports or non-sports. The Teamsters have elected union leadership, and then those leaders go and they do negotiations. The UAW works the same way. I think that Sean Fain was the guy that uh, led the strikes against the uh, the big three in Detroit this past fall. Mm-hmm. So the deal is negotiated between management and the union representatives, and then they sign off on the deal and announce they have reached a deal subject to a vote of the membership. And when it is this bad, that really is less a all that is is mostly a rebuke of union leadership that this is basically a vote of no confidence in our union leaders because they negotiated this deal on our behalf. And it clearly, clearly does not reflect the wishes or the desires of their membership. So what this tells me right there is that 
any solution to this is going to have to involve replacing union leadership because these leaders are so horridly out of touch with their membership that they negotiated, agreed, and recommended a deal that got flattened at the ballot box. So what's the point of sending them back to negotiate again? They clearly have no idea where their membership is, where the pulse of their membership is. Yeah. In a uh, parliamentary government, this would trigger the ousting of the prime minister and and we'd be looking at a general election. Yes. I think this is bad. Um, So it it seemed like it it seemed like a fair deal, honestly, like looking at it on this on this. Like the other thing, too, that's that's weird about this is and tell me if you think I'm off base on this. It feels like they have no leverage in this situation because when the players go on strike, like when the MLBPA or the NFLPA threatens a strike, mm-hmm. there's teeth to that because there's only one Patrick Mahomes and there's only right. one Joe Burrow. And if they right. all decide they want to go on strike, who's crossing the picket line to replace them? Right. Um, if the NFL officials go on strike, there's only so many people on the planet that know how to referee or officiate an NFL game at the highest level. It's just not a popular sport outside of North America. And the people that would be, you know, your first choices to replace the NFL officials, a lot of them aren't crossing the picket lines. Mm -hmm. People, because they're involved in unions with major college conferences and they're in unions and bargaining units of their own. There's a lot of soccer referees in the world. Yeah. Rules of the sport don't change from the United States to Mexico to South America to Europe. There's a lot of them that are refereeing at a very high level in their own countries. Yeah. And what they all have in common is they're not part of this bargaining unit. They owe no right of solidarity to the current MLS officiating crop. I don't think it's going to be hard for MLS to find. And this sort of dovetails into the point on replacements. I don't think it's going to be hard to find replacement officials. And I don't think that they're going to be demonstrably worse than the officials that we have. And in many cases, I think they're going to be better. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, those replacement referees, like I said, uh, the last I'd read is that they've got 66 of them. Their experience ranges from top flight experience in Mexico, in Europe, in uh, Asia, all the way down to division one college soccer and lower division professional uh, American leagues. So about what we get now. And it, they said, again, th- these are sort of like leaks coming out from some of the negotiations. A lot of it is strategic from MLS. So don't want to, you know, read too much into this or, or take take their word entirely, uh, take them at entirely at their word. But they're saying a bunch of these guys have also refereed FIFA events. So these would be World Cup qualifiers, Club World Cups, things like that now. Are they the Beach World Cup, you know, the Beach Football (laughs) World Cup or something like that? I don't know. Uh, Those are also governed by FIFA at the end of the day. But um, but yeah, so that's that's apparently what we're looking at here. I think this would be a great opportunity to maybe scrap VAR. That way you don't have to staff those referees. Maybe we can go back to ye olden days of just having one bad call to complain about instead of two. Or maybe this is where you expand VAR. And you have the live check system like they use in mm. in the EPL, where you are constantly monitoring and you're fixing problems immediately. Like if you're worried that these officials are going to lose control of a match, 
I mean, do they have the ability to say we're going to check yellow cards in real time too? I can't. I I think they could. I don't yeah. think there's anything stopping the leagues from implementing VAR however they want. Like that hasn't been standardized at all. Right. So so yeah, I mean, you could have a situation where it's okay, we're going to be using replacement lefts, but we're going to be double checking a lot of their work in real time from league headquarters and we're going to buzz them if they got a call wrong. And your replacement refs, you're going to do what we tell you to do. So, <laughs> so you know, if Messi didn't get that foul, we'll, right. we'll make sure he gets that foul. <laughs> right. It's also like the PSRA is in just this. I think they completely overplayed their hand here. You're in a situation where this is the easiest country, the United States, to bring officials into to officiate matches for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, in these other leagues, English is the language that's spoken on the field. Um, you have to have a passing knowledge of English to work a lot of these international matches. So it's easy to bring in officials that understand if you're coming from another country that have a basic working understanding of English that can speak English. Most of them speak other languages as well. That'll be useful for whatever it is that's going on on the field. They pay the pay already for MLS officials is better than you're going to find in a ton of other leagues right now yes and there's probably a lot of people that were looking to make this move anyway to come to america and start officiating so I, it would not surprise me if i was mls to the next offer to psra is uh you will have a resumption of your old terms you will get nothing by way of pay raises and you should be lucky to get back to work and you should be lucky that we send these other officials home and resume using you yeah it, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I am curious how the quality of refereeing is if we do see a dip, if we do see an improvement, which would be wild. Um, it'll this be fascinating. Be, this would also be an opportunity. I wish the league thought more fourth dimensionally about this. These people aren't beholden to a union contract. If you bring them in, you should make them answer questions from the media after matches. Be the, first nice. league in, be the first league in history that requires its officials to at least explain to the media big calls, have them be part of the press conference. It's like they don't have a collective bargaining agreement saying that we don't have to do it. It's like, no, do you want to come over here and officiate? It's part of the drill now. You will speak to the media afterwards, and the fair game calls will be any red card or any penalty awarded. We're not going to talk about individual you know, ticky tack decisions, but let's start to normalize now that we got the scabs here, actually getting some transparency behind this otherwise opaque nonsense of we never tell you the reasoning for our decisions. God, that would be so nice. Like, again, if there was just an explanation as to why this was made, even if the explanation is from my perspective, I did not see, you know, his foot out there. I didn't see it as a trip. Uh, we went to VAR. It wasn't obvious to them. So, you know, the place said, okay, good. Now we understand instead of, you know, we, we end up having to concoct our own uh, conspiracy theories when a right. blown call happens or whatever, like it would be really nice to get some of that information. We do the same thing with coaches, right? Oh, coach, why'd you make this substitution? That was a terrible move. What happened here? And then they explain, oh, well, he was injured. He was signaling to come out. We knew he had this nagging knee injury. So we had to make this sub and Kubo was the only guy we trusted to put in there. It's right. like, great. Now we understand what was happening there because without that explanation, the coach looks like a moron or whatever right. the case is. So I mean, this is a rare opportunity with the union out of the way. Mic the refs up. 
and have them address the uh, the crowd when they're making a call. Uh, they are doing they're that. Doing that in the, women. So, the women are doing. Oh, wait, are we doing that now with the so, MLS? So this is kind of the fun part is Major League Soccer does have a couple of new uh, changes coming its way. One, uh, if folks are not familiar with this, uh, we are getting the added time on the clock in the stadium. This is a a very old tradition that we are finally breaking. So when we get those six added minutes, you don't need to bust out the timer on your on your phone. They will actually track that in the stadium. So that'll be nice. Um, the other is, I believe they are implementing the MLS Next Pro rule of if a player goes down uh, for injury, needs treatment, whatever it is, they are immediately moved off to the field, uh, off the field, and play resumes. So if you want to Red Bull your way to shit housing a game that's fine you'll be playing down a man or two while you're writhing around in pain um and the other is they are explaining var checks in a mic to the stadium and to the broadcast so some pretty cool changes i yeah. think so these new referees yeah you can do more now too like there are right. more opportunities to do this more opportunities to do live content with the referees mic'd. i mean shit you could have like a button on your Apple TV remote where you just get a live feed of the ref and the ref, whatever he's saying on the field, whatever the players are saying, that would be electric. Okay, so you take one of those like rugby helmets or goalkeeper helmets, right? They've got all the big pads all around them. Yeah. We put GoPros in all the pads, right? And then on your Apple Vision Pro, you can watch the MLS match from oh the my. referee's perspective. The motion sickness would be off the charts. <laughs> you just have people just absolutely yakking <laughs> in their living rooms as these officials are trying to keep up with the play. <laughs> You'll have to turn your head with them. Oh, man, it'd be so intense. <laughs> they should do one match where just the fans vote on VAR decisions since it's now, you know, there's no rules and it's replacement reps and just everybody <laughs> Sing at home gets to hit the remote button to determine what happens on the call. Massive advantage, massive advantage to the away team because all the home fans are in the, are in the stadium and don't get service. Yeah, the Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> I I love this idea. I I would really love just a possession arrow. You know, throw-ins, corner kicks, whatever. If it's a 50-50 call, we just look at the possession arrow. Nobody has to pretend like they saw exactly who it bounced off of. Right. Come on, let's get weird with this. I uh, I'm I'm. Putting my take out there, I said this on on the X app, that I am a full supporter of the replacement referees. They will be universally praised while they're on the field. And the only reason for that is that I want it to be known that I want the replacement referees to stick around. And I think all the PSRA refs uh, should go pound salt. <laughs> they will never they will never ever ever live down the nonsense of the matt miazga situation that is yep. a that's done they're dead to me their union is dead to me i hope that the mls goes full ronald reagan with the air traffic controllers and breaks the union <laughs> they they have brought this upon themselves by declaring war on us we did not bring this fight to the psra they brought this fight on them they brought this fight to us and we, I am going to respond accordingly as an FC fan by I will applaud when the replacement refs take the field. Sure. I will offer them. I will still boo them when they make shitty decisions. Of course. I will still criticize them online for making shitty decisions. But every time I will make a point of saying, but you know what? It's no worse <laughs> than what we had before. At least we don't have them scapegoating our guys as a negotiation tactic, throwing 
other union members under the bus to score some political points. Right. Will there be a picket line anywhere? And what can I do to make fun of them on their picket line? <laughs> That's a good question. Where would they pick it? I guess the league offices. Just be... But like, there's no cameras there. What would be the point of picketing the league office? You'd have to pick at a stadium where like, you probably want to pick one that's like the ESPN or the Fox broadcast. Yeah. Because I don't think Apple, I don't think Apple is going to show the, the picket line. No, absolutely not. That's, 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 that would violate the, that's Pravda. That's, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to violate the sanctity of the, of the company and the party. Yeah. Come on now. That's why John Stewart's back on Comedy Central. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. Well, if anything else happens, I mean, it's possible this all gets sorted out this week, but it certainly is looking like this will drag in, uh, drag on into the season uh, with the replacement referees. So, which I'm fine with. I'm yeah, I'm happy with this. This is good. This is good for us as F- and I hope all FC Cincinnati fans embrace this challenge of supporting the replacement refs. We we are going to be a supportive environment for replacement refs. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> They're trying their best. All right, take it easy on them. <laughs> um, one final note, Kevin, uh, in terms of late breaking news before we head on to what I thought was a fantastic interview with our guest Omar. Yeah, the U.S. Open Cup. Oh, More yeah. drama swirling. Yeah, uh, there was a report today. I think in the Hudson, one of the websites that covers NYCFC, that seems to have been pretty plugged in with this that the situation is reported as dire and that the talk now is that MLS is holding the tournament hostage and there is a chance uh, that this this tournament may not get played at all, that there was a meeting of the USL Board of Governors where they told their clubs to expect that this tournament doesn't happen. Whoa. Where? As we sit right here, do Mm. you believe that the FC will be playing in the US Open Cup because I'm starting to think the fact that we haven't heard anything about this and the MLS season is kicking off here and I think the first game is Wednesday maybe yes yes Miami so, RSL is our is our season opener right so by the time you are listening to this episode it will probably be somewhere around 48 hours until the MLS season kicks off and we have no news as to whether or not MLS is participating in the US Open Cup Wow. I'm starting to think this tournament doesn't happen. It's funny. It kind of doesn't. It can't happen unless U.S. soccer is prepared to de-sanction MLS to what's pull, funny, pull what's that off. What's funny about that is that they are in a dilemma that if they do that, they are then basically giving ammunition to the NASL's lawsuit against U.S. soccer over its sanctioning requirements, that they're arbitrary and they've made a bunch of other allegations, but the de-sanctioning of MLS would go against their legal interests at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly where that would shake out because that is what happened to NASL is that they lost their standing to be a professional league uh, because they didn't meet the the criteria. And so they sued to say that these rules were enforced arbitrarily. So, yeah. So on one hand, if they waive MLS's participation, U.S. soccer is saying, yeah, in fact, these rules are absolutely arbitrary and we will enforce them randomly based on who we're friends with, which gives NASL a lot of credence. Or 
NASL gets a legal buddy in Major League Soccer and saying, holy shit, can you believe U.S. Soccer is just running around taking our leagues away from us? On um, what authority are they a regular, uh, you know, a regulatory body in the United States? I don't remember voting for a U.S. Soccer Federation. Um, yeah, I don't really know how this plays out. I, Which is why canceling the tournament avoids all the of that. issue. Yeah. I don't know. It's wow. interesting. Um, I guess there's it's all rumor and innuendo right now. And a mm-hmm. lot of like sources close to the situation or a source with direct knowledge, not to get all source gate before the season <laughs> even starts. But yeah, it's interesting to me that we are on the eve. This will be the last episode we release uh, before yeah. the MLS season is started. And there is still no word that the U.S. Open Cup is happening. Wow. That is insane. I mean, come on, just MLS. I understand their end goal here. The end game is to kill off the Open Cup. But you can just send your reserve teams and participate in name only. And I don't mean that in the, their original plan of sending the MLS Next Pro teams in lieu of MLS teams. Just call up the youth kids, put them on there. The CBA allows the youth players to be loaned up uh, for four-day windows at a time. They're only allowed to do that for four MLS matches over the course of a season. They're allowed to do it for an unlimited number of minutes or an unlimited number of games that are not MLS league matches. That'd be Champions League, Leagues Cup, and Open Cup. You could run out an MLS Next Pro team for the first three or four or two or three rounds of the Open Cup as an MLS side before you would probably start putting in your starters anyway. I don't I don't know why they gotta do this. <laughs> it makes me sad. I think it's pretty obvious i think that they want to kill off anything that gives any shine to anything that isn't mls and their goal is to be soccer in north america in the united states specifically that when you think soccer you think mls and it is directly against their business interests to do anything that helps grow teams in areas that should be regional fan bases for MLS. I made this point online that if you go down to Louisville, most of the people in Louisville are Reds fans. They have mm-hmm. the Louisville Bats, but they identify as Reds fans down there. Most of them identify as Bengals fans down there, too. Soccer, they probably identify as Lou City fans if you're a soccer fan down there. And that's mm-hmm. against MLS's interest because that is an entire city of people that should be identifying as FCC fans. It's The old line that I'm sure a lot of people remember about when the Columbus crew were asked about upstart USL darling FC Cincinnati, and their response was, we think Cincinnati is a great market for the Columbus crew. Yeah. They want these regional fan bases to draw from. And if you're developing USL clubs in all these cities and giving them an identity and giving them the opportunity to say, hey, you can root for this team. Uh, you don't have to be a Cincinnati fan. In fact, we're rivals with Cincinnati in this town. Then you are just losing a percentage of your ticket buying population, or especially now with the Apple TV deal. Mm-hmm. These are people that should be Apple TV subscribers to MLS that are instead buying loose city tickets. I, Where I think it could end, and dare I say should, uh, USL is owned by a a private company. It, it's not USL. It's a 
new rock, I think is what it's called. And not not new metal. That's a different thing. Right. That's badass. Um, that, yeah, that's the coolest <laughs> that thing. Papa Roach Holdings. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, a private company owns USL. I don't know how much it would cost MLS to buy USL, but I bet you a billion dollars would you know buy who, you USL. You know, you know who's got this pocket change? And this is a rounding error. One Apple. Yep. Computers yep. Incorporated. You buy the USL, so that gives you USL Championship, League One, and League Two. And you basically just incorporate it all into MLS. Uh, You put all the championship teams in MLS Two, and you, you filter everybody else into MLS Next Pro. Call it a day. Yeah. And you don't you don't have Open Cup anymore. Or if you do, it is strictly an amateur uh tournament, which is what it was when the NASL, the original NASL was around. Those teams didn't participate. Pele never played in the Open Cup. Uh I think. The NASL teams historically though never participated in the Open Cup. It was an amateur competition. And yeah, maybe we see League's Cup is USL or is MLS one, MLS two. No ProRel. Don't don't get this confused. No, no. ProRel. No ProRel ever. But maybe you have the top eight finishers of MLS 2, a.k.a. USL Championship, get invited to the League's Cup. Uh, I, maybe that's where we end up. I don't know. I don't know. To watch this space, I guess. Yeah. So, there we but, go. Well, But, but someone who did play... <laughs> In hey. the U.S. Open Cup. <laughs> and for FC Cincinnati, uh, scored at least one goal for us in the Open Cup. Uh, no, in part two, we are joined by FC Cincinnati legend Omar Cummings. This was a awesome interview. We we were so happy to get Omar uh, on the show. Um, yeah, played for FC Cincinnati on the inaugural team, 2016. Uh, played in 2017, retired in 2017 after a very, very long MLS career and i i'm just guessing that not very many people are familiar with his career he's currently an employee of fc cincinnati so we talk about his his career his time with fc cincinnati we talk a lot about the team uh, you'll hear him on the broadcast uh for the champions league match this thursday if you're listening on the radio with tommy g so enjoy this conversation we'll see you over in part three Oh, and joining us here in part two, a very, very special guest for us tonight. Uh, So excited to have him on. We are joined by the one and only Omar Cummings, one of FCC's legends. Uh, Going back to the early USL days, Omar, how are you doing tonight, man? I think you just like shouted out my age right there. <laughs> way back, way, way back. We go way back. I, I've right. I've had to come to terms with the fact that like we're coming up on year ten of FCC, yeah. and to me, this yeah. is still a new team. So very new, very new. Um, yeah, you're right, you're right. I look back on it, and even it happens to me a lot. Uh, I say people ask me like, uh, "How long you been retired now?" And I'm like, um, "Yeah, four years." Hold on, it's been oh, six, hold on, six years. <laughs> six years I've been retired. You know, I'm like, oh my days, it's it's catching up. It's catching up, definitely. No, it's yeah. it's one of those things too where you think to yourself, oh, it's the uh, you listen on the radio and they say the greatest hits of the '80s, yeah. '90s, and today, and it's like yeah. 
that's 24 years since the 90s. Right. <laughs> Today is doing a lot of work. It's a lot. It's a lot. But probably the person that was doing it, you know, was born in the 80s or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you yeah know? right, right. Yeah, like, I, I really don't want to say where we are right now. You know, right. just say how old I am. You know, so yeah, it makes us feel better. Yeah, but does does yeah. it does it feel the same way for you too? Where it's like, okay, so FC Cincinnati has been around mm-hmm. since what was it, year one was two thousand and sixteen. Is that 16. right? Yes. Right. That feels like yesterday to me as a fan. <laughs> Is it like that for someone that actually played on that team? It, it does. It does. It's it's mind boggling to to think about where we started, how we started, um, just how fantastic it was and the fan base and how much we've grown in that short amount of time has been just mind-boggling again just it's it's been crazy and um for it's i i keep on telling people that for us like, we had a great start and that was very important uh, i think for the success of the organization for the success of the team and the fan base the the way we started was fantastic and probably the perfect way to start now and building from the your foundation from the ground up coming up then you get into MLS and we struggle, you know, and, and that was hard to take for a team that was successful, especially in Cincinnati, you know, for the teams we had at the time in Cincinnati that were struggling and Cincinnati became FC Cincinnati became that team of success. You know, everyone was like, Oh man, we got a winner here. Let's go. <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, we got into the major leagues where a lot of fans, if you talk to fans and I love talking to fans, they wanted a lot of fans wanted to stay in the USL you know, and be the big dogs in the USL, you know, and be a winning franchise in the USL. Having that feeling like we don't know what would happen if we we end up in major league, you know, yes, we could be be successful, but we also could be terrible, you know, and, (laughs) and be, and be what the Bengals were or the Reds are at times, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and we got there and, you know, I don't know if like that you must be asking yourself at the time when it happened, like, shoot, man, is this the Cincinnati curse or what? <laughs> like we got in and it just it hurt. It hurt. It hurt for yes, we had um some ups, but it was mostly down, you know. Yeah. And um, it just it, honestly, a lot of stuff that happened within the team, it just were was not necessarily anyone's fault that they happened, you know. We just could not keep a, a coach around. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that was for a number of years was even the team was in limbo. Like what's going to happen? You know, we bring one coach in, one gone, the assistant coach is interim coach again, you know, and we had some of the worst years of, I know as a player, as a former player looking in and the players probably had one of the worst years they've ever had in their careers yeah. that first year, you know, um, again, that was terrible. Just, and to put those players back in the same position, one week before the the second season started, you know, put your back. You had the worst year in your career, worst one. Yeah, you never had a a year like this in your career. Okay, we have a new coach. Things are going well. We're looking good. Preseason was great. And one week before the <laughs> the season got started, you put those players back. Majority of those same players back in the same position they were in the year before. Yep. You know, without a coach, in limbo, assistant coach, and it just started again. And yeah, and then we we know we then we finally got a coach. He got a finally got a preseason together. Had a year under his belt with the stump, but it just still didn't work out. Right. You know? it's, so, it's, it's again, not... there was a bit of turmoil between him 
and Gerard Newcamp and Gerard getting fired. And then you had the feeling like if Gerard went and Yap would go. And so again, another domino effect. It's like stability is great, but the there also has to be, you know, it has to be a good stability. Bad stability yeah. is yes. is still bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but and, and the funny thing is we were actually scoring some goals, you know. So we were, but we were leaking so many goals. We were yeah. leaking goals. And, you know, you have to ask yourself with the, if we, if the, if the system was different, if we had a better start, if we started with um, more MLS um, experience in, in terms of the, the front office, the head, off, the head of the organization, could we have had more success? And you probably say yes. Uh, those the European coaches and general manager that we hired just I think was very new to MLS and just didn't understand the format or even the style of play as much as they thought they did, and we suffered for it. So yeah. you had you had had a career. I don't know how many people that are listening to this know this about yeah. you, but you had had a extensive career in MLS right for Colorado before <laughs> you even came to Cincinnati to play. Right. So when we move to MLS, it's an interesting point you brought up. Mm-hmm. As you're watching this transition from USL to MLS and you're watching the roster build and how we're going about doing our business, as mm-hmm. someone who had played extensively in the league, was there a part of you watching this thinking to yourself, I don't know if this is <laughs> going to work out? <laughs> uh, 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 no, because again, MLS, you could be the, the, the team at the bottom, which we were and you see it, and be the team that's winning the title next year. I think MLS is that fluid where um, you could be, you could make some changes, you know, bring in a DP or two and, and players change or coaching staff changes, and you could be at the top of the table um, the, the next year. I've seen it happen to numerous teams. So I think the turnaround could be year to year and it would be the thing of bringing the right people in. Yeah. I I do want to touch on that career of yours, though. I I, yeah. I am curious about this. So you, as Chief said, you had a very extensive career. You were still the fifth uh, in all time appearances for the Colorado Rapids. Right. Uh, you scored a goal in the 2013 MLS uh, Cup playoffs that right. I I for my money is my favorite goal of yours uh, because yeah. you knocked out the Supporter Shield winning New York Red Bulls team that year. Right. That team, by the way, includes. Included Thierry Henry, Henry. <laughs> Tim Cahill, Dex right. McCarty. Yeah. On the bench were future FC Cincinnati players Eric Alexander and Matt right. Miazga. Uh, right. You you scored in the the 2010 Caribbean Championship match. Uh, you right. opened the scoring there. That Jamaica goes on to win. I'm curious when you look back on your playing mm-hmm. career. Uh, feel free to include FCC or not. Right. What are you most proud of, or, or what's your most proud achievement in honestly, all of this? Honestly. Um... Uh, when I look back and people, when people talk about my career, I, I, I really ever mentioned my career at all. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, when people talk about it and sometimes it catches, it catches me off guard. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was you cool. want an MLS yeah, cup in there. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, there's yeah. a couple of achievements. <laughs> um, definitely. I think even one of the things I'm always very proud of is um, representing my country. Uh, yeah. I think that's something that I think every soccer player would want to do. Um, put it on a jersey, and um, it's a whole different level, honestly, of play uh, when you're playing in, in the World Cup qualifier. Um, even I didn't make it to the World Cup. We were a goal away from making it to the World Cup. 
Oh. And so, um, yeah, to represent your country and put on the country's jersey and just represent in that way is, is I think, one of the highest honors you could get as a, as a player. So, yeah, that's definitely one of my highest achievements. Um, but, yeah, um, as far as career goals and, um, you know, winning MLS, um, for sure, that was, uh, that was huge um, because uh, when I was drafted and I got uh, Charlie Wright, you know, the president of the time, one of the presidents of uh, Colorado Rapids, called me up. <laughs> he called me up. So I was actually in class. The day of the draft, I'm in class, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I felt sick. No, I felt sick. I literally felt sick. Maybe it was a draft. Maybe I was just uh, in the motions or, or what. I felt sick, so I went home just to sleep it off. And I, I see, like, people, like, there's, I hear, like, this kind of commotion outside. And um, I, I kind of wake up, and I, some people are, like, going, zoom, zoom, across my window, you know, like, running past my window. I was like, what's going on? So I, I go outside, and my building is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is not where I thought this story was going. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> my building, like I had a, a three-story building. I was and I was on the bottom floor, luckily. And the top floor of the department <laughs> building I was I was um, <laughs> staying in was on fire. And oh so I just grabbed my, literally, I don't know if I grabbed my phone and I went outside. And I'm watching this kind of unfold and I get called from Charlie and he's like, hey, how you doing, Omar? We just wanted to let you know we drafted you for MS Colorado. You know, and I, when he called me, I was like, hmm. <laughs> this is my thought. When it, when it, I'm like, well, thank God you're not from the Chicago Fire. <laughs> <laughs> That would be too weird. <laughs> hey, we're calling from the Chicago Fire. Boy, isn't yeah. this a coincidence? <laughs> I could use your help. That was going to be a sign. That was going to be a sign. You know? And um, I was like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. You know, he's like, what's going on right now? And I explained to him what's going on. And he's like, well, 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 sorry to hear that and all that. You know, but you know, I was like, yeah, so just talking a little bit, I was like, yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, I'm going to be scoring some goals and winning some trophies. And I remember saying that to him. And, um, yeah, that always kind of played back in my mind, you know, when, uh, <laughs> yeah, when I remember. I'm really, ex really excited to join your organization. By the way, do right. I get a per diem for clothing? I might need right. that here really badly here in a second. Uh, <laughs> I'll be but, wearing the team uh, store for the first three but, months you're in Colorado. No, it, it was good because, again, uh, being of Jamaican descent, and uh, <laughs> my second thought <laughs> was, um, oh, great, I got drafted. Damn. I got drunk in Colorado. It's like quickly looking up this, the winter temperatures in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, exactly, this isn't going to work exactly. for me. You know, looking up the winter temperatures and I'm like, um, so watching the news even, Colorado was absolutely freezing. I got to Colorado and it was literally three degrees or minus something. Oh. Three degrees was the highest like for the entire first week. I was in Colorado, man. I, I got off the plane, getting out of the airport. I was in a like a bubble jacket, looking like a, you know, like you see one of those kids, like a five-year-old in an extremely cold temperature, yes, you know, yes. just like. Can't put yes, your arms exactly. down because the jacket's you too know, my full. arms are like just walking. I wasn't even walking. I was wobbling, you know. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was good. And the, and the coach, you know, um, just like, oh, man, boys, you know, got to tell you, you know, 
this is the worst storm in a hundred years. And I was like, of course it is. Of right. course it is. <laughs> you know, we get the Jamaican here and just, it was all white. I, I don't know. I got a window seat to the whole thing, you know, heading to Colorado. And like the, the last hour of the flight, you know, it was like all white, just yes. white, 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 white. <laughs> you know, like in a South Park episode. <laughs> yeah, the only thing you saw was literally like a, a incy bit maybe of roads and then just smoke coming out of chimneys. That's it. <laughs> so I've, I've, never really thought it. About, I've never really thought about this before. Is there like an acclimation process? Like when you move to a city oh, from, from like a, definitely. from a, you know, from a Southern Caribbean country or, you know, yes. Central America, yes. do the teams actually reach out and be like, okay, now we're going to need to get you some, some different clothing. I know you were coming from oh, Cincinnati. No, I, so it's a no. little, you know, there's a little acclimation there. Not as much. Yeah. I mean, I was coming from college East coast you know cincinnati so i guess they thought you know you, you should be okay should be fine and then you know they'll get your gear training gear and stuff but yeah as far as your own clothes and stuff and at, at that point you're you're um you're on trial basically you know yeah. and i thought when you got drafted you made it you know <laughs> i thought yeah yeah you got drafted you made it excellent you know just to find out and it's it's an, an extended trial that's what it is mm. you know so um yeah so luckily, um, and for the first like maybe week and a half or two weeks, I was actually not really training with the team. I because wow. I had a meniscus surgery like the off season, my off season, and they didn't feel like they were just being precautious a little bit and like watching me and, and I trained on my own with another player. Just two of us were out um, when training camp started. So for the first like week and a half, two weeks, that wasn't even a, a part of training camp. And when I did start, I was still pretty much like a neutral player, like couldn't be touched. So but when I started, man, like training at altitude and guys have been training. I didn't get to train a lot beforehand because I did surgery. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the first two weeks, guys were going hard for two weeks, you know, trying to make this team. And um, I can't come in after two weeks. And these guys are absolutely flying, you know, just <laughs> like... I, I felt like the slowest thing like out there, you know, and as I run for five minutes and my, like my lungs are burning, you know, oh, and man. just like, you're like, how do I make this time up? You know? So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of <laughs> literally a bit of a upload climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mile high up climb. Yeah. <laughs> mile high. So, up so, climb so that's, Denver, that's, but... that's an interesting question though. So, okay. So you're yeah. drafted. It's not really a guarantee when no, that happens. There was what do you, what do you, what is the process of showing out as a draft pick in yeah, MLS? So like, what are you trying when, to do? I, I, I would say this for any player, um, anywhere, any sport, Adaptation. You you have to adapt to the environment. Uh, I feel like every team has this kind of um, persona about it, you know, a kind of vibe of the team. And so if it's a team that's a very hard-nosed team that you have to go in and tackle and be rough and tough, and you come in and you just, that's not your style, you're probably not going to survive. You know, if it's a team that's more possession-based, if you're not the guy that can be a possession-based, you get the ball and you lose it every time, you're probably not going to stick around very long, you know? And yes, maybe if you're a younger player, they'll work with you. But again, if that keeps happening in your possession-based team, then, you know, you're not going to, the coaches are going to look to move you or something, or you're just not going to make the cut and you're going to be cut as a preseason guy, as a guy from college, you know? 
So I would say that you have to adapt to to every environment and kind of just analyze as much as you as quickly as you can as when you get in that what do I need to do to get on this team, especially as a trialist or someone that's coming in fresh. You know, if you're a draft pick, then that's a different kind of scenario, or not a draft draft pick, but a traded player. You know, yeah. a player that's traded in. You know, a little bit different. You know, because they're pretty much just traded. They want you to acquire you for a reason. And yeah, you, you should fit in. And normally that's, that is um, in season normally, you know, or if you're traded, then you're, if you're trading in the off season, then they would know your capabilities, you know, coming in and what they're looking for you, you know, and um, you'll have a longer long runway pretty right. much, you know, in the season and it would probably be mid season or so before, or a couple months in before they decide to do anything with you, if they feel like it's not working out. Hmm. So when you and you were traded after five years with Colorado, yeah, how, how does that process work or how did that process work for you? At what point did you know you were being traded? And that's another story, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I, I think wasn't handled with class, was handled with cal- with some class. Um, so but the not class part was um, Paul Bravo was the general manager at the time, but the technical director at the time mm-hmm. at Colorado Rapids. And I get a call from um, Dominic Kinnear. And Dominic Kinnear, right. Houston Dynamo, that's currently this, uh, one of the assistant coaches at FC Cincinnati. And um, he goes, hey, Omar, it's Dominic Kinnear. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I said, whatever. I just wanted to know that you know that I just traded for you. You know, would glad. I'm like, okay. He's like, hold on. You have not been told. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, oh shoot. All right, Omar. This is not the way it's supposed to go. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna hang up, and uh, I'm sure you should be hearing from the the rapids and someone there. And um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll move forward from there. <laughs> oh man. Right. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for telling me. And looked at my wife. I'm like, I think I was just traded. <laughs> they leave the winter coat at home, I guess. Yeah. That's positive. Yeah, right. yes. so, um, that's how that happened. And then eventually got the call from the general manager and, um, you know, with technical director, Paul Bravo, you know, <laughs> went uh, to meet him and, <laughs> Yeah, then tell me what I already knew and all that oh, crap. So, man, did like, you, did oh, you, yeah, did, very classy. Did, but did you keep a poker face when they said, Hey, we need to have a meeting? Uh, or when you walked uh, in, were you like, I already know why we're here? You can cut to the well, chase. Um, at the time, um, Houston Dynamo had, I've always respected Dominic Kinnear as a coach, first and foremost, just for what he's, he's done in the league. Um, Houston Dynamo had three Jamaicans at the time playing. So I would talk to those guys and ask them, you know, what's going on in uh, Houston and how they like it and stuff like that. And um, so I had a pretty good idea of the environment I was kind of going into. And those guys were there. So um, I played on Jamaican national team. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, be a pretty good, pretty good fit. Um, so happens that as I was going, two of them were leaving. <laughs> two oh. of them. <laughs> Two of them left. Uh, one went to Dallas and one went to Portland. Hmm. And so another Jamaican, um, Taylor, was there. Jaws, Jaws Barnes was an English guy at the time with Jamaican lineage, but he did not commit to Jamaica until hmm. like another year. So I didn't know if he was going to 
play for them or for Jamaica or not. So I had a pretty good environment, uh, pretty good idea of the environment I was going into. Also, um, it was Dominic that kind of wanted to trade for me versus Colorado wanted to send me up. So right. that is also, um, you know, it, it, it differs, you know, a little bit, you know, um, with that sense where you go into a team that a, that a team traded for you and wanted you on their roster. So, yeah. And so to what extent then, it's an interesting thing that you brought up about the Jamaicans playing in Houston. Is that a thing that like everyone on the national team, are you on like a chat, a group chat no, or a text no. message, just <laughs> telling stories I about mean, how for things the guys are going? That are, yeah, for the guys that are on the national team or were on the national team at the time, then yeah, you try to keep in contact. You know, guys are playing in the league and a couple of those guys were, were coming. They only had maybe a few years in the league at the time. So, you know, as you meet them, as they were acquired into MLS, then of course, you know, I get on chats with those guys and be like, you know, just to, to share my experience with the league, you know, how they're checking in, see how guys are doing, how they're acclimating to the league and all that. Yeah. I, the Jamaica part of this is super interesting to me because as far as I can tell, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I don't yes. think you played for a Jamaican youth national no, team. No. How how did that process go with getting so recruited, funny, I guess? That, yeah. That is a very funny story. You should have asked that one. So um um, 2001, 20, before I came to college, my my cousin was um, um was he on the U17 team? I'm trying to remember now. He probably mm. played for U17 briefly. Okay. But he was on the U20, um, predominantly on the U20 team. And my cousin and I are like, you know, tit for tat, like one and two, you know. Right. Uh, played a different position, but uh, very much um, in the same kind of ballpark. And so I was in choose one of the last games. Um, the national team played the U20 national team, Jamaican U20 national team played before they went off to the World Cup. Was against um, one of the, the like an all star team that oh, they put together in hmm. my region to play against the uh, Jamaican national team, uh, youth, youth teams, the U20 team. And so, um, was a great game, Dom kind of dominated the game. Um, and um, the coaches were like, all right, cool, man. I uh, like your vibe, like your style. You, you killed us. <laughs> you know, you absolutely <laughs> killed us. So um, they were heading to they were heading to the World Cup like, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks. Uh, after that point, they had uh, one more camp, which I was invited to. Um, they said, yeah, we like you, but we kind of saw you too late. We probably pretty much have our, our team set, you know, so um, that's that. And good luck. Now, oh. by the time... By the time I went to college, chose the road to go to college, not professional, all that stuff, and um, got picked up for and got a scholarship, and started playing into it. Got playing in MLS, and within like a couple of years of playing in MLS, and you know, really getting my getting hitting my stride. I honestly couldn't really pick out much of those guys still playing anymore. Hmm. You know, um, I could highlight maybe five five guys, maybe six guys. And by the time I got my first call up to the national team, there were probably only two or three in there. And my cousin was also in there, you know, at the time. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it just kind of, I took a different route. And, um, yeah, ended up where, in the end, playing for the Jamaican national team, there were only a few guys from that U20 squad that was still playing at a high level or any level at all. Wow. It's really exciting, actually, to be able to say that yeah. I took a different route through than the traditional youth, 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 
playing right. club. It's a kind of an, I don't know, it's a neat idea that there's more than one way to actually make. Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely, and that's, that's what I tell kids, you know, um, when I, when I see them and they ask questions, they're like, how do I get there? How do I get to the professional route? And I'm, I always give them the same answer, like same as I, I just said, where it's kind of like coming to school, especially if I'm in a school. It's kind of like coming to school, like everyone took a, a different route. Everyone lives different places to get here, but now you're all here. And that's kind of like when in the professional route where, yes, you could go to college. Yes, there is an academy. Yes, you might be just discovered. Yes, you could go to a minor team, chose to go to a minor team, not like trying to hit the MLS team, just try to play your way up and an immense team and get picked that way you know um you could come be from a different country and you get drafted that way so there's different ways of doing it but the most important thing is once you're there you know that that's where the real work starts hmm. you know? right that's when it really really starts as i said when i was drafted i felt like oh i made it just to find out this is an extended trial you know yeah. and every year in preseason for the most part, you know, when you start to get your, you know, you're grinding and you kind of have a feeling like, yeah, I am uh, the starting kind of guy leading into this year and stuff and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, every year in preseason, people are brought in and people are looked at. And yeah. So if you're not on your A game, you know, you could be regulated to the bench and from the bench, who knows? Yeah. You can have it all slip away very quickly if you very don't stay quickly. on top of it. Right. I'm curious then, I, I know at least one of your cousins, maybe two, went professional yes. uh, as well. What is the soccer culture like in Jamaica? I know this will be <laughs> of, of particular interest to FCC fans uh, later yeah, this it's, week. Uh, it's great. Um, <laughs> soccer culture is very good, very high. Um, it's pretty much uh, soccer and cricket. You know, yeah. uh, Those are the two main sports. Well, soccer, cricket, and track and field. I should say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> soccer, cricket, and track and field um, for the, for the main ones, and uh, women play a lot of um, netball. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, if guys, a lot of people that know don't have any idea what that is. Isn't that the one? <laughs> where it's like the the net is on top. There's no backboard to the no backboard. Exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's more possession, not a lot of dribbling, mostly passing, and uh, the game is divided into thirds. So you have like a defensive third, middle third, attacking third, and certain people, certain positions can only go in certain thirds. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. I have to admit, I've never seen a netball match. So yeah, check it out, uh, <laughs> yeah YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've seen that. photos, it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, cricket and and soccer. Yes. The 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 leagues down there, what are the domestic leagues like? What's the pathway forward to play? Yeah, so it's very much- Right. It's very much like uh, EPL and then Champions League and, you know, D1, D2 going way down. So there is regulation um, in Jamaica system. Um, and it changed it. They've changed, they've changed it over over time. But, well, I wouldn't say the league changed. It's like the name change, you know, mm, um, right. the name change, a different format, but it still end up, you know, the promotion and all that stuff still. It's still the same thing. They've tried different formats, just like MLS. It seems like every other year MLS tries a different <laughs> format in playoffs. Right. Yeah, you yes. know, yeah. So it's kind of like where they're, they're trying different formats, but it's it's still kind of the same thing where you you get into now they have I think where you have the Premier League at the top. There's the Super League, and then there's a playoff system within the Super League where Super League is divided into like three or four different areas, and so. 
then the Super League, like if you're one and two in your Super League, then you go into a playoff and then you play off to go to the Premier League. So, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, did you have a team growing up that was like your team? Um, yes, actually. Um, play for two teams that I, that I said uh, are Dwayne Park. Dwayne Park was one of my club teams. And then the team that I finished with before I came to um, to the States for college was Rivoli United. Rivoli United. Man. So when we look ahead to Thursday night, FC Cincinnati taking on Cavalier, uh, do I have it right? Are you going to be on the broadcast with Tommy G? I am going to be on the broadcast, yes. Tommy G, as soon as we... As soon as Tommy saw that uh, we were playing Cavaliers, he gave me a call. <laughs> yeah, like, gotta have all oh, my, Did you see it? Yeah. We're playing Cavaliers. I was like, no, I didn't. But uh, okay, yeah. Okay, Cavaliers, that's great, man. He's like, you're going to Jamaica. I'm like, I am. We're going to make it work. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a discussion. This you is know, a, I'm telling you what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like speak it into being, you know, yeah. as I said. So yeah, made it happen, you know, um, talk to everyone, try to make it work. And it, yeah, made it happen. So I'm excited. Yeah, is there anything about Cavalier in particular that FCC fans should be aware of? Is there a star player we should keep an eye out on? What's what's the rundown here? So yeah, Cavaliers is a. Uh, I actually very I like very much um, what Cavaliers has been doing lately. Um, Cavaliers was one of like the prominent teams back in the day. You know, one of the mm-hmm. old heads of uh, Jamaican Premier League, right. and so the, but they've been out of the limelight for a while. So. Um, I grew up hearing about Cavaliers, but never really saw them because they they weren't in the Premier League at all when I was growing up. Hmm. And so now they kind of came back around, you know, got promoted, get, you know, just looking better, different format, different ownership group. And right now they've been in premiership now for the last maybe five or six years now. Um, coming up, they've been run out, runners up the last two years in the Premier League, Jamaican Premier League. And currently they're leading the standings. Um, so they, they try to do a very much a youth model model of hmm. um where they try to promote kids throughout the ranks. So where they start with the academy, you bring them up in the first team. And then the idea is to try and get those kids um highlighted overseas to maybe, you know, get sold off to like like something would like uh, an IX would probably do. You know, where gotcha. right, you know, try to bring the kids up, you know, they don't want to hold them very long and see if they could sell them to bigger clubs in Europe or the US and um, hopefully make some money, but also get the opportunity for the kids. Nice. So yeah. like what type, like what should we look forward to watching them play? Is there like, a, is there a style they play? Is it a wide um, open attacking style? Do they defend? What's their, what's their sort of. I think actually um, they, they are very structured in defense. I think they're currently, they actually have one of the best um, defensive records in the league. In, uh, hmm. in Jamaica and um, I think they're, they're very structured defensively um, they, they look to break and they actually start out very a little bit more defensive earlier in games than the latter part of games it's like they almost kind of like stay defensive until they figure out what's, what their opponent looks like and then they, they try to kind of open up and see where they can exploit um, they, they have so at the time, as I said, they it's 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 difficult to say which team is going to show up because in the last couple of games, they as I said, they tried to get guys looked looked at uh, overseas a lot. So they they had like five or six guys that were out on trial, you know, in Europe and various other places. 
whether those guys are going to be back in the island for island for the game, I have no idea. Right. So who's going to show up? Well, which team are they going to be like a little bit light on uh, the guys that normally play? You know, are they going to have young kids that are coming through the academy? Or you're going to have their best team that they possibly could could roster. I guess that's I interesting, too, because we kind of don't know what kind of team FC Cincinnati is going to show up with either. <laughs> with all these, that, a, yes, lot of, that, a lot of new signings, you know, right. it's we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, I, I would safe to assume that some part of that is good. You know, uh, well, the Matt issue. Uh, the yeah. Issue, where probably one of the only good things there where Matt could play in that game Thursday and Pat could get to rest one of his defenders that he's planning to use for the game Sunday and upcoming games and then use Matt again for the game on the 28th. So um, that's probably one of the, the good things um, of Matt not being in the, in the team. <laughs> I, uh, pre- I appreciate looking for a silver lining wherever possible. Right, <laughs> right, right. So we'll definitely get some guys because you have to ask question. It's a game opener, right, yeah. Sunday. Yep. The game is only going to be um, a couple of days away. So you play Thursday, you travel back, you don't get back into Cincinnati until like five o'clock, six o'clock, you know, Friday morning. Mm. Uh, from my understanding, they'll practice and what that like, what that, what, what does that look like after playing a game nine o'clock at night, traveling throughout the night and then, you know, having to practice the, that same day. I, I have no idea what is, what's that's going to look like. Mostly a walkthrough if I can say anything. And then you're gonna have a practice third um, Saturday with a game Sunday, so you know it's uh, some difficult choices to make. Man, I guess they're lucky they're at home. Because you imagine, like, if right. you had to like play Jamaica, you have to fly all, play in Jamaica, fly well, all through yes, the night, yes. come and back to Cincinnati, and you're out to Seattle for the next game. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, the best thing you could hope for is probably being in Miami. You know, right. uh, <laughs> Atlanta. You know, that was a that would be like the best case scenario, right there. Right. <laughs> you're not going to be in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. So no, I think it's good. Um, that's another thing too, where the guys have been in Florida for the most part for the better part of the last three weeks, a month, you know. Yeah. And the first game they're gonna have after being in Jamaica is to come back in Cincinnati after being in Florida for predominantly for a month, and then uh, well, um, I think the weather, from what I looked at, could be good, but again, it's the weather, so it could change. You know, right. Um, and then end up playing in Cincinnati in maybe it could be cold, right? It could be cold. You never know. You know, yeah. the weather should be good. It should be in the fifties. So hopefully we're in the fifties and uh, we can have a great game. We yeah, said that is... about when the we said that about when the Concacaf draw came out. <laughs> that there was an opportunity that they might have had to go to Ontario, and it's like he right. would be going from training in Clearwater to right. flying to Ontario to play up there. Right, just right. a massive amount of culture shock. <laughs> and you're right, you're right. Uh, but it's the reverse where they're they're going uh, to Jamaica and then they're coming to play in Cincinnati. Hopefully in in good weather, decent yeah. weather. <laughs> so I got to ask you, but before we get you out of here, you've been incredibly generous with your time, and I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, uh, right, right, right. Looking ahead, 2024 for FC yeah. Cincinnati, yes. you're going to offer up a, a prediction for us? Where do you think this team ends up? We we taking um, home some silverware this year? I hope so. I hope okay. so. There's a, lot, there are a lot. There's a lot to play for. There's a lot to yes. play for. There's a lot of trophies. Um, I think, what do we have, uh, four or five? Trophies yeah. to play for? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 
see how the open cup thing shakes out. But, right. yes. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, there's a lot of trophies to play for. And um, if um, everyone well saw what happened last year, you know, you, you have a feeling where we're building something here, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it looks strong. It looks very strong. And for the coaching staff that we had, the vision that they have, the players that they do bring in, when they do bring in players, I think have been quality. So uh, I trust the judgment of the coaching staff and uh, the technical directors and our, our recruiters to bring in people that will fit into the system of FC Cincinnati and just help to grow this organization and this uh, the playing style as as best we possibly can. Um, Valeria yeah. is going to be back. Um, what kind of um, condition he's in, we don't know. I think he's only joined the group maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. those guys have been, you know, in preseason for the better part of a month and a half now. So um, does he have some have some catching up to do? Maybe uh, I would assume so. You know. Yeah. Um, but he's back for now. What uh, what happens in the future? We don't know. But he's here, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Matt yeah. is going to be out for the first couple of games. Uh, Nick is going to be out for the first couple of games, uh, or until March sometime. And then, then he has to get into his, you know, his rhythm of playing, you know, until right, then, yeah, he's, right, he's coming right. back from injury. So that's going to take some time. Man. Um, but I, I think Matt should be an easy one to fill in as he should have been playing with the team this whole time. Yeah. Uh, Real again, you know, fitness, his fitness would be the one is, as long as he, the quality is there, you know, his fitness, you know, and if he plays, how long does he play? Um, does he start? Does he come on? Or how many minutes does he get? How much does he incorporated into the team as quickly mm-hmm. as possible so he can build up his um, his endurance, you know, for the better part of the season? So we'll see yeah. how that goes. You know, I mean, Lucho Acosta. Um, you know, we're very excited to see Lucho fit. Lucho, I think uh, the back end of last year, and that could be the amount of games where we played. You know probably looked a little bit tired. He was picking up some knocks. And if we get a, a fit, healthy Lucho, you know, hopefully, you know, we can really turn things around. Uh, Obina, he was, he had like a broken toe or something like that at the end of the last season. Hopefully he's fit and ready. And again, you know, hopefully a fit team and we're going well and ready to go. But yeah, then the pieces that are, that are coming in, you know, how do they fit? um in the system of what we play you know um, right. i've been very right. very and again seeing seeing fc cincinnati bringing players over the years not this particular mm-hmm. technical staff but the previous staff where they will bring someone in and you know hype them up and this person is going to be great for us you know and nothing <laughs> you know not yeah. a whole lot so um, I've been very optimistic um, for players that are coming in to FC where, yes, I, I respect what you do or did, um, but you have to come here and prove your work. You know? Yeah, prove it every week. Prove it every yeah, day. Prove it every week. Prove it every week. You know, <laughs> I think the fans have been, you know, very, very generous. You know, as I said, we had a, three rough years, three very rough years. You oh, know? Yeah. The, fans, the fans, they stuck with us. They stuck with us the whole way. You know, and I think they deserve it to say people coming in like they will give you everything. They will give you everything. <laughs> they will support you. Yeah. So we need we need but we need players to also buy in 
to the the culture of Cincinnati, the culture of the team. You know, if you do that, yeah, Cincinnati will get behind you. The, Absolutely, people get behind yep. you. The fans will get behind you, and you're gonna have a fantastic time. Oh, I'm just man. worried that they didn't get enough time off because it feels like. <laughs> it feels like only yesterday we were finishing last season. Sure, you were talking sure. about Barrial needing to like you know get his fitness back. I'm like he might be the most fit guy because he got two <laughs> extra weeks of rest. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, got uh, the most time off. Um, but as I said, you know, yeah, uh, and you're right. You're absolutely right. The balance of, especially for guys that are with their national team, you know, you need to have that balance where the the, the proper time off. And I think we were good. We were good with it. Um, where um, we balanced the the many leagues that we were in. I think we balanced it very well. We played strong. And, yeah, unfortunately, uh, we only got one trophy at the end of it. But, um, yeah, I think we did well with the balancing. Better than zero. Better than zero. A lot of teams with zero. And yes. you'd, rather, you'd yes. rather have one than nothing. Yeah, yes. we also rather have the MLS go. Preaching to the choir on that one here. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Now, Omar, yes. you've you've been so generous with your time, man. Really thank appreciate you. You this. Guys. This was so much fun. Chief, hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Um, yeah, we should do this more often. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome back to part three, Kevin. Hey. Kevin, <laughs> do we reveal at this point that Omar's audio dropped out <laughs> as his computer accidentally rebooted itself? <laughs> I think it, I think him dropping out also caused my audio to drop out at the same time. And <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was like he's in the middle of telling a great story and all of a sudden it's just and there's no Omar. <laughs> it's but, a very awkward moment. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, you hop back on and we continued and that was. That was a blast. I had a just a smile on my face the entire time. He's he's a great storyteller. Just yeah. man's it's, man's house was on fire as he was getting drafted. That's <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. You realize too, especially back in the day, like how the MLS draft sort of raided in people's minds. Uh he was taken in the third round, which I don't even think we have a third round anymore. I think there's, we just yeah, oh, three, do we I do think. a third round? Yeah, Maybe third not round. four rounds anymore. No, I, I when he's telling that story, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow, people were rushing to tell him he'd been drafted. It's like no, right, nobody knew right. the house was just on fire. <laughs> there was a fire going on. Um uh, yeah, man, wild stuff. I'm so glad he is stuck around with FC Cincinnati, uh stayed in Cincinnati. He played we didn't even touch on this. He played at UC and before that played at Cincy State, which had a very, very good men's soccer program back in the day. I haven't kept up with it too much, but they were consistently a top five JUCO program and were sending guys to D1 schools all the time. So fun little talent pipeline here in Cincinnati for a good long while. Now UC doesn't have a men's soccer team, so that is just completely not an option for folks anymore, but pretty, pretty cool story. Really happy to have had him on here. It's funny though. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as UC soccer team disappeared, Xavier on the come up when it comes to men's soccer right now, pretty good stuff. Well, yeah, you take the giant you know, 200 pound gorilla out of the room, right. 400 pound <laughs> gorilla out of the room, <laughs> get all the youth talent uh, in the area. Um, Oh, it does lead us nicely, though, Chief, to that match on Thursday. I believe this will be the spot 
where we offer this up. Uh, we'll call this a preview. I, I'm not going to. I'll, call, I'll just call it a prediction. What, do, what do you do, got for us? Right. Do you know anything about Cavalier FC? I know that. I learned stuff from Omar yes. about Cavalier <laughs> FC. Like I now feel like you, the listener, I feel like I know a little bit about Cavalier FC. But outside of that conversation... Um, the only thing I know is that they were never a winner of something to get into the Champions League. Participation so trophy, got it. They they were like second in the Jamaican League, which qualified them for qualifying through a Caribbean tournament for CCL, and they would have finished second in that or something, but the uh, Dominican Republic or the Haitian team was disqualified, and so they got to automatically qualify from there. So, like, every step along the way, they were never quite the champions of something. Um, what I that's do all know I is, got. What I do know is that their Wikipedia page lists them as Cavalier FC, but then their badge says Cavalier Soccer Club. That's which my is- favorite. <laughs> <laughs> So who knows which version of Cavalier we're going to get. Um, so yeah, I, as far as I can tell, Cavalier is the worst team in the tournament. Now, that's, you know, surely an insult, but it's also the Champions League. Like, they, they had to be pretty successful somewhere along the way to get here. Um, so yeah, Chief, I don't know, do you have a prediction for this one or even just a mindset to go into with this? It's really hard. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the episode we release on Thursday of this idea that it's going to be really difficult to know what you're going to get from FC Cincinnati until we see a few matches. There's mm-hmm. there is a lot of new in this team and there's especially a lot of new in this team in terms of people who are going to touch the ball a lot. Specifically with with I mean, shit, has Trialist number two even been announced yet? I don't think so. Nope. Okay, so I'm guessing at some point we're going to hear that Luca Oriano is, <laughs> has been signed to this team officially. Um, but he's going to be very involved in this process. Pavel Buka is going to be very involved in this process. I guess Corey Baird will be your starting striker mm-hmm. alongside Aaron Bupenza right now. As uh, Omar said, you have no idea to what degree Alvaro Barrial is match fit. So it's very difficult to sort of know what we're going to be getting from FC Cincinnati. I don't know that they know what kind of a team they have right now. Having said that, this team should be a lot better than Cavalier. They just yes. should be. I don't know. I, I think I tend to think that this is you want to score a couple goals on here. You want to think this is a game they can win three or four to one just yeah. based on the sheer firepower. I mean, there isn't a player on the field that's better than Aaron Bupenza. Like by light years, Aaron Bupenza and Alucho Acosta are the two best players on the field. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm going to say I'll be optimistic and I'll say they're going to win four to one. Okay, I like that. I, uh, I It just popped into my head when you mentioned the uh, Aaron Bupenza would be the best player on the field here. Um, 
I think it was on Instagram. It might have been in an email or Facebook, but Cavalier was promoting this game, this their home game of this leg, as the biggest match of the year for Cavalier. So this is their <laughs> Super Bowl. This is everything that they've been playing for. Uh, so yeah, I do think we'll get we'll get their best shot uh, on this one. I agree with you. I'm going to be even more optimistic. I'm going to say five to one. FCC. I think that even if it's a mostly reserve team or a youth team that goes down there, I think that we we will just straight up out talent them, and this will be a massive, massive start to the season. See, the only thing that's like making me hold back from that is this just has that feel of the U.S. men's national team travels to areas in Concacaf yeah. <laughs> where. The field looks like, you know, rocks painted green. There's yep. a running track around the outside of the stadium. There's 50 people in there. And just it's something about that environment where it doesn't matter that you're more talented. These games turn into something that barely resembles the sport of soccer that you are used to. So I, I just I wonder if there's a little bit of that. And we don't mm-hmm. need to be more conservative with our predictions. I, I can point out that our. Our good chum, Grayson, who is hopefully enjoying a nice cocktail somewhere after a long day on the slopes, has predicted a two to one FC victory. I don't know that maybe he's not more right that this will be a that they'll have to grind a result out on this just because it will be a rock fight. Yeah. Yeah. I. Look, the the free space on the Champions League bingo card is disappointment. All right. That's that's just what happens here for MLS teams. We saw Austin get beat by a Haitian team that had to ask for tryouts or trialists while they were in the US because half of their team wasn't allowed to travel. And they they knocked Austin out of the tournament. Uh we've seen some massive teams already. In this tournament, this iteration of the tournament, uh, giving up some goofy goals, uh, some some good results at home. So, yeah, but at the end of the day, I think we are that good of a team. And I I will go ahead and say I'm not familiar with their game. I'm going to go ahead and say Cavaliers not that good of a team. And I, I think those two meet up with us with us winning pretty big here. If we lose, where are we at on DEFCON scale? It'll depend entirely on the starting lineup. If FCC 2 loses, it's annoying, but I can live with it. If we run out of first choice lineup and lose, I'll start to panic a little bit. Do you That'll think be a problem. Do you think we're going to run the first team? I, why wouldn't I you don't. run the first team out? My only thought is... You've got the home like even if you lose three to one, you just need to win two nothing at home. Like it's not it's not the worst thing in the world, uh, given that we have the home leg second. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind holding things back and then giving it their all against Toronto at home. The league will matter here more because the playoffs are a more attainable goal than winning Champions League. So. I mean, Matt Miazga can't play on Sunday. You wouldn't you would think you would send him down for this game. You'd think yeah, you'd send some starters down for this game. 
Yeah, that's why I think we'll see a mixture. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kimi starts alongside Baird. Maybe we rest Bupenza or he's on the bench. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Kubo's starting in the midfield, if Powell is starting at wing back, um, if Can or even Leroux are, are on in goal there. So I don't know. They, they could certainly mix things up with this one because you've got a lot of wiggle room. I mean... If we lose five to nothing, right? That's the that's the panic button. But even a one nothing or two nothing loss is not that bad here. So, yeah. I'm just eager to see this. I'm eager to see some soccer. I'm eager yeah. to see. I'm eager to see the lads. This yeah. is a function of not being able to watch the preseason games. I want to see Will Bupenza do a cheeky back heel <laughs> on a Jamaican <laughs> soccer surface. I'm I'm desperately curious to find out. Oh man, we. We can only we can only hope. Uh, well, on this level, we've got our predictions in. We're all predicting a victory here. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll finish up the episode here with uh, I've got two questions from the Patreon. I definitely want these questions uh, to be answered here. I think this is a good one. And Chief, I think you might have answered a similar one uh, on your uh, your Twitter AMA over the weekend. Uh, but I'll ask you again, and I'll, I'll obviously be happy to answer. Uh, this is from John. He asks. <clears throat> What level of soccer sicko are you? Like, are you watching Asian Cup at 5 a.m. level? Do you have a favorite non-league English side? Barely pay attention to soccer outside of USMNT or FCC. Chief, where where do you land on the, the soccer sicko scale? I think I answered that question online with how much of a soccer sicko am I? I once spent over 30 minutes at work photoshopping the crying Jordan head onto every person who was in the loose city away section <laughs> in a photo that got taken at one of our matches. It was so a lot good. of, it was a lot of crying Jordan heads on that. Um, in terms of soccer sicko, in terms of following, um, I'm, I think we've mentioned it many times on here. I'm a Chelsea fan. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Chelsea, uh, good match this weekend. Finally looked like they belonged as a top <laughs> team for the first time. in <laughs> God knows how long since it'd been the- a bit. Yeah, since since the war broke out in Ukraine and we had to make a little ownership change there. Um, in terms of other soccer, I I am a soccer sicko in that if so, I'm I still have a cable ish connection in my house in terms mm. of I have YouTube TV so I can watch all the sports I'm addicted to. And if I'm on there and I see a soccer match, I will watch a soccer match. So if there's a Liga MX playing. I'll watch a Liga MX match. If I can see some Serie A or I can watch somewhere else, I will watch somewhere else. I love the sport. I don't follow any other leagues other than the PL and MLS, Mm -hmm. but I'll watch if it's on. And I watch, Mm -hmm. you know, any kind of tournament, the Euros. I watch all of that. CONCACAF Champions League. I've been watching a lot of that this go around. I watched a lot of the League's Cup last year. I don't know. I, I feel like it's very... It's difficult to really follow more than one or two leagues. I think once you get beyond that, I feel like yeah. you're you're following a team and it's hard to know and keep track of. There's so many moving parts on all these teams. God love you if you know more than more about more than one or two leagues out there. I just don't believe that you have that much time to watch all this. Yeah. That's that's basically where I I stand as well. Like I once FCC showed up, that is where all of my <laughs> love and attention went. Like I was certainly fans of other teams and things like that before, um, but once 
once you have a hometown team, like that is that is where all of your your hopes and joys should be should be targeted and, and resting on. Um, on my Thought Mob following tab, I, I do follow a bunch of teams that I've sort of picked up over the years for various reasons. Like I like to keep tabs on Dundalk in uh, in the oh, League yeah. of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not going out of my way to watch a Dundalk match, but like I follow them on Thought Mob, so I see when their matches are up. I I like to see you know how they're doing in the league, but like I couldn't tell you they're starting eleven or anything like no. that. I, I just like knowing where they are, you know, kind of keeping tabs on them. I feel the same way about Estudiantes in uh, Argentina. Like, I learned some fun facts about them, and I was like, yeah, this is this is my team. I want to follow them. In terms of, like, watching, though, man, I never have time. I used to absolutely, like, sit down. I'll plan out a whole weekend around, like, all right, 5 a.m., we got the last match of the Australian League, and then the J League comes on, and then we've got early Premier League, and then Bundesliga, and then uh, you know the, the French League will co- always come on later in the afternoon. Then it would be Major League Soccer, and then you finish the night with Liga MX. Oh, man, I would absolutely plan my days around that. Nowadays... If it's a late night thing, I watch probably more Phoenix Rising than anybody else because they'll always be playing at like ten thirty late at night on a after Friday or something. Are, the kids are in bed and yell exactly. the free time to yourself. Yeah, a little yeah. Liga MX, same idea. I used to watch a lot of my uh, a lot of my soccer. I used to watch when I was younger would be the leagues that were kicking off at like two three in the morning when you get home from the bars yep. on a Saturday night and. It was stuff that was kicking off, like the uh, the A League in Australia. I watched a mm-hmm. lot of that um, because they would just be on when you're hammered, coming back in from a night out. That was also how I picked up following Aussie Rules football, like yes. because that would always be <laughs> the, the live matches would always be kicking off at around two in the morning on Friday night. So you'd get in from a night out on the on the town with the fellas and watch pop an extra one at home and watch a little Aussie Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is a very underrated sport. Aussie Absolutely. rules is great. It's it's really the best of rugby, American football, and soccer all rolled into one. Yeah, this is great. Really good stuff. Um, I will speak for Grayson and say he doesn't watch all that much outside of FCC. I think that's true. Uh, Spurs might be his team, but I, he feels like a one-club man. Yeah. Uh, I'll let him correct me if that's not the case. If that's not uh, the case, we're not going to correct that. So you know. <laughs> that's, That is now Grayson's life. I'm sorry. That's right. just how it works. Uh, last question for you here, Troll. No, Chief. The question's from the Troll. Wow. Uh, uh, the I, question am troll. Is, I am a Troll, so... so uh, you know, maybe this is from you then. Uh, assuming that round one of the Champions League goes according to plan for the FC, if Brandon Vasquez scores at TQL, do you think he will celebrate? Does it change if it's in front of the barley or not? I thought that was interesting. I don't think he celebrates. I don't think he celebrates. I don't think there's any chance he celebrates. I no. think um, I think it's a head down jog back to the do maybe one of these put the you know one of those yeah like we're not going to do that right here don't don't come up and like you know jump all over top of me it's okay these are my people yeah um man what a heel turn though yeah he kisses the badge at the bailey like (laughs) yeah he goes full stone cold salute both hands to the bailey i never liked it here anyway oh and by the way the pancakes thing annoyed the shit out of me i hate pancakes i hate pancakes (laughs) (laughs) the um yeah, I always like the first one. Obviously, I think he, he won't he won't celebrate, but it is a little awkward. 
because uh, the general rule is you don't celebrate the first goal you score against a former team. So if he gets two in that game, uh, he might celebrate the second goal. <laughs> I don't think he celebrates. Either. I don't think he celebrates either one. Not no. In the fir- okay. No. No. It was like this is his not only his first match back. It's also it's just it was last year. He it, it's not. It's not that this team didn't want him. It's that yeah. that he this the team offered him the opportunity to continue playing and continue moving on. I have a tough time seeing him doing any celebrating until at least a year has passed on this. I think that, you know, yeah. His they, celebration they did, they did right by him here. They gave him his opportunity. This was not a it, there is no Brandon Vasquez without the stopover in Cincinnati. But I'm oh, also yeah. completely here for a heel turn. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so so behind that. One of the one of the best things, go, one of my favorite things going on in all of media right now, is that uh, the World Wrestling Federation they brought The Rock back to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and the entire fan base revolted on it because they want to see Cody Rhodes fight Roman Reigns instead. And so for the first time in a really long time, the WWE turned into the swerve and decided to have the rock turn heel which is incredible <laughs> because when the old legends come back they want to be cheered they want oh, to have like the good vibes they don't want to go heel no the rock comes out this week he's wearing one of his five thousand dollar shirts he grabs the mic in salt lake city and tells him that they're all a bunch of inbred hillbillies and they all have 50 wives and he tells one guy i'm gonna slap the herpes off your face fatty like it was oh, it man. was i was like <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was back in high school all over again and I will be tuning in to every week of television between now and WrestleMania as a result. Man, I did not realize he was getting a uh he was doing the heel turn. That is that's not oh, his brand these days. No, that, no, that is look, a big look, risk for him. Look the foot <laughs> look the footage up and it is alarming how easily he slides back into that persona again where it's <laughs> You're having like your business people are telling you it's better if you're 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 a baby face. You yep. like this a lot better. You like telling a guy, you know, to shut up, fatty, in the middle <laughs> of the audience. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe Brandon does an anti pancake celebration. I That'd don't know awesome. what that would look like. <laughs> he, he actually pulls he, some like pulls some pancake like you know how Polisic lifted his shirt yes, up. Yes, he lifts his shirt up and just like pancakes with like an X right through it. <laughs> Oh, that would be so funny. You know what I don't want, though? Sort of the inverse. I don't want our fans to cheer for a Brandon Vasquez goal against us. No. Like, I don't want that. I definitely don't want a stupid pancake banner in the Bailey if he does score against us. Is like, oh, it's a nice homage. No. No, what what is the what is the proper response to a Brandon Vasquez goal? We might have to have this discussion. We might be putting our, ourselves ahead here, but I, I what is it? A polite applause? I think it's I think it's a nice little golf clap. Yeah, and and that's it. A golf clap and go fuck yourself kind of yeah. situation. And again, yeah. only for the first one. The second one, get fucked. You didn't need to do that to right. us, buddy. <laughs> Where was this last year in the playoffs, damn it? Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, no, good you, question, are you, though. Are you excited the season is back? Are you excited to do this again for a full year? Because I realized that this weekend we just enjoyed was the last weekend without FC Cincinnati in our lives wow. until October. 
and ideally until December. Until December, yeah. This, <laughs> we we could be looking at ten months. Oh my god, ten months. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. This is yeah. this is what we this is what we live for, I guess. We're so kicking it off, kicking it off. Did you ever imagine when we you know it's, you're feeling nostalgic with Omar Cummings uh, here yeah. as our guest? Did you ever imagine? When you walked into Nippert Stadium for that first time, for that first match, uh, back in 2016, 2016? Yes. first uh, first match, 2016. Did you ever imagine yourself hosting a twice weekly podcast about FC Cincinnati, being sponsored by a brewery, reading <laughs> promo codes, you know, to buy to buy shirts for ten percent off? Use promo code the post Cincy. Local band doing our music. Did you ever imagine wow. this was a possibility when we all first started, Kevin? Absolutely not. In fact, uh, at that time, I was still blown away that Cincy Soccer Talk existed. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this team has a, a professional sounding podcast. This is yeah. insane. There's media covering <laughs> this. What the hell? Yeah, I uh, no man. I never thought we'd be here. This is cool. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, pretty sweet. Got yeah. the uh, the season preview on Thursday. I uh, yep. hope everyone will listen to that. Even if you are a sicko, even if your level of soccer sicko is that you listen to every episode of the postcast, you listen to all the other podcasts out there, you live on Reddit, live on the Discord. Uh, I think it's still fun to sort of, you know, we've talked a lot. There's been a lot that's happened, but just distilling it all down into one bite size to get you all hyped up uh, for the season, let you know where everything stands. You drop that on Thursday, hopefully. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, Kevin. Got some fun stuff planned out for the podcast this year. I'm excited. Got some fun projects for the post. I'm uh, excited. If you haven't already joined on uh, YouTube, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to be doing more video this year. Get on the Discord if you're not already a member. There's a link in the show's description to join the Discord. This is going to be a fun year. I think yeah. that it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to score a lot of goals. I think it might be a little more up and down than last year, but you know what? It's going to be a ride. Yeah. And you know what? I am happy to have the postcast to go on that journey with us. So this is this is going to be fun. Unless you're from San Diego. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content, as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, and as well, you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website. That is where most of our conversations are going on. We have a lovely community there talking about FC Cincinnati, MLS, anything and everything else and everything in between. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it or you just can't reach your stop button, please 
like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcasts. That is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this. Pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.